Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. All right, now I'm going to talk briefly about the sponsors that make this podcast possible. And keep in mind that all the money from these sponsors goes towards hiring outdoor journalism interns. This year, we've hired three interns and paid them $15 per hour. And over the course of this podcast, we've hired seven different interns, not only helping us report on Oregon's outdoors, but also teaching young college students journalistic skills that they can carry forward. Plus, it's a pretty fun internship anyway. They get to travel outdoors, report about the environment. It's a good gig, and these sponsors make it possible. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that before we get rolling. So this part you'll recognize. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that is focusing this summer on the best way to care for its forest, beaches, and waterways through a promotion that emphasizes cleaning up and leaving no trace. We'll dive into how they do that just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department encourages Oregonians to enjoy parks safely this summer. If you're camping, please follow campfire safety guidelines, such as keeping the flames from your fire to no more than two feet in height and using the fire ring provided at your campsite. And please use local wood to avoid bringing invasive insects into parks. This will help preserve the health of Oregon's forests for seasons to come. Learn more about campfire safety guidelines, including current restrictions, at stateparks.oregon.gov. All right, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Oregon's Roosevelt elk, and specifically, a special place in the northern coast range where you can visit them and hear their call. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, well, as we head into October, the hunting season for elk is well underway here in Oregon. But there is another way to interact with the majestic animals, and that is by heading out to Jewel Meadows Wildlife Area from fall through winter. Jewel Meadows is a 1,000-acre wildlife refuge in the northern coast range, directly east of Seaside, that is home to a number of animals, but really a place where Roosevelt elk are the stars of the show. During the last weeks of September and into early October, the animals are in the midst of breeding season, making it an excellent time to visit if you're interested in hearing bugling. This high-pitched call is made by male elk during this period to show off to females and establish their dominance to other bulls. And it sounds a little like this. (laughs) 
So that audio you heard was recorded by our most recent outdoors intern, Olivia Stevens, who spoke with refuge managers and volunteers about what makes Jewel Meadows special. Hey, Olivia, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be here talking about Roosevelt elk at Jewel Meadows. Okay, so you made a long trek out to the northern coast range to see and hear animals that are relatively commonplace in much of Oregon. You know, why'd you head out there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was really just curious. I'm not from Oregon, and moving here was the first time that I'd ever seen elk at all. And yeah, they're just really beautiful animals. Um, I had never heard about bugling until I saw a post on Reddit about the best places in the state to hear it. Um, and I was really eager to find out where I could go to experience it. And so Jewel Meadows seemed to come up a lot in conversations with people about it. Okay, so I'm going to play the sound of that bugle one more time. Olivia, were you surprised to hear the sound that came out of such a large animal? Like, I was honestly expecting to hear something a lot deeper, more baritone. But it comes across as this kind of high-pitched squeal a little bit that kind of caught me off guard. What was your reaction to hearing that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely kind of caught me off guard, too. When I first heard it, I was not sure um, it was even coming from the elk, and I had to, like, ask the guide I was with. Um, I learned that, actually, the bugle will start off as kind of a low-pitched growl, which might be more of what you were expecting, and then it progresses to that, like, scream sound that you heard there. And I honestly, I thought it was really amazing to hear. Well, let's talk about Jewel Meadows a little. So why do so many elk gather there, and why has it become kind of a hot spot for seeing and listening to Roosevelt elk? Well, yeah, to understand that, you should really probably know how Jewel Meadows got started. Um, this was way back in 1969. The current manager of the refuge, Brian Swearingen, told me that the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife actually began buying the land then to stop elk from causing trouble on people's properties. At, at one time, where we're sitting at was a dairy. Oh. And uh, they were growing pasture grasses, and they tried to grow some crops, such as corn and things like that. And uh, uh, elk, kind of like uh, agricultural products too, yeah. uh, especially corn. Yeah. And so uh, it was a it was a tough go of it. You know, you're if you're a farmer, your your profit margins are really pretty thin to begin with. And when you have something else that you don't want in there coming in and eating your stuff, uh, you start you start losing money. But the dedicated space for elk also provided viewing and education that has since made it a special place for the average 130,000 visitors they get each year. And now the ODFW grows hay to help keep the elk in view of the public through the winter, even though you won't hear the bugling then. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that in so many of the refuges in Northwest Oregon, they were created for that reason, you know, to lure animals away from farmland, and, you know, to, for that sort of economic reason. But since then, a lot of them have become very popular for recreation, for hiking, photography, animal and bird watching. You know, the Willamette Valley refuges around Salem have become some of the area's most popular hikes and places to go learn about nature. There's actually a new nature center at Ankeny Wildlife Refuge just south of Salem. Um, so it's kind of it's it's been kind of this interesting dynamic of they started for this one specific reason and now they've kind of become something else. So Olivia, what did you think about Jewel Meadows 
as a site for to travel to and visit? Like, is it a good experience? Would you recommend it? Yeah, so um, I actually decided to drive up in the evening since I was told that was when the view was going to be best. Um, and it took me about two hours to get to Highway 202 from Salem. Um, but once you're there, you can't miss the three viewpoints that come up on the left. Um, each of them offers a clear look at herds of about 200 elk that reside in all of the meadows. And I spent the most time at the main viewing area where Swearingen and I stood for about an hour during our interview, just watching and listening. Um, and I was obviously so excited when I first heard the bugling. I really thought that was just so cool. Um, and a herd about, of about 30 elk had two males competing for the female's attention, um, even though the bigger bull was clearly the dominant one. Um, at times you could see a couple of elk break off from the group. Um, and even after 30 years of living and working on site, I could see that Swearingen was really impressed by it and he was enjoying it just as much as I was for the first time. If I didn't like to watch elk out here, I wouldn't be here. These elk are here for people to, people to see. Why is it important for people to see them and like, why is the education aspect important to you? You know. Uh, we had a group here just the other day that came out, and uh, majority of them were from the Portland metro area that had never been here before. It's exciting. Uh, in the wintertime, we have lots of different groups that come out, and uh, they would just want to see wildlife in, in a natural setting, and this is one place they can do it that's, that's fairly close to a large population. He also loves bringing others into the magic of it, too. Um, in the winter, people can sign up for free elk feeding tours. Swearingen and an, or another worker will lead a group a day out from December through February on a wagon to throw hay to the animals and see them up close. It's the only thing like it in Oregon, and the demand is always there. Um, I think this past year, we'd uh, on the first day, we'd signed up like over 1,100 people, and we were full. Uh, but by the time the end of the winter came and, you know, weather, weather cancellations and things like that, uh, I think we took out, uh, oh, nearly 900, 900 individual people on that feed wagon. Uh, we usually get within probably a hundred feet. Oh, wow. So between 60 and hundred feet, uh, that's a good safe distance for the elk. Sometimes the elk do come closer. Okay. And that's fine if they if the elk want to come closer, but we don't try not to get. Otherwise, sometimes they'll get a little nervous. Well, the elk feeding tours sound like a lot of fun, and I can see why Pete why that would be so popular. But we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we return, Olivia is going to talk about the different species of elk in Oregon, how climate change is impacting them, and why people love visiting Jewel Meadows so much. So stay with us. Tiffany Roddy with Roseburg Forest Products. As a professional forester, I was drawn to Oregon by the trees and the vastness of Oregon's majestic outdoors. I'm proud to work for a family-owned, fully integrated wood products company with a deep commitment to our industry and our communities. Roseburg's sustainably managed timberlands are open for recreation and provide natural wood products that help make people's lives better from the ground up. We are proud members of AFRC, sponsor of the Explore Oregon podcast. Learn more at amforest.org.
message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. On the Tillamook Coast, we've cared for our forests, farmlands, beaches, and waterways for generations. It's in our DNA, and we bet it's in yours too. While visiting, help us care for our coast. Place trash in garbage cans, pick up after your pet, stay on trails, respect private property, and follow beach fire rules, which means extinguishing fires with water while also checking local rules to avoid igniting wildfires. Tillamook Coast welcomes your visit, and we hope that you'll become a temporary local while here. A few ways to do that include pitching in on a beach cleanup or taking a guided kayak tour to hear about ways to protect bays and rivers. There are science hikes to take, nature preserves and marine reserves to explore, or you can visit a farm, a commercial fishing dock, or even stop by a fish hatchery. Find out about all these options and how to care for our coast at tillamookcoast.com slash caringforourcoast. Once again, it's tillamookcoast.com slash caringforourcoast. All right, welcome back. Well, Jewel Meadows is home to Roosevelt elk that predominantly live in western and northwest Oregon. But Oregon's home to Rocky Mountain elk too, correct? So what are the what are the big differences between the two? Yeah, I was really interested in that too. And I found out that the two subspecies are actually pretty neatly segregated in, in Oregon. A good rule of thumb for telling which type you're seeing is Highway 97 over on the east side of the Cascades. Roosevelt elk tend to stay on the west side and Rocky Mountain elk on the east. But there are other differences that are pretty easy to notice if you're looking for them. Uh, Roosevelt elk are the biggest subspecies in North America and they do have darker fur than their Rocky Mountain cousins. But the Rocky Mountain elk are more plentiful and they can be identified by their bigger antlers. Well, considering Roosevelt elk are concentrated more out near the Oregon coast, you know, where there's a lot of people, what did Swearingen have to say about the population management today? Like, how do they work it? Yeah, um, elk and humans definitely still don't perfectly coexist. Um, and there are certain areas, like here in Salem, where elk are just not allowed to be. I think for Roosevelt elk, it's uh, a limitation on the areas they can be in. That we have elk in all available elk habitat right now in Western Oregon. Okay. So, but there's some places that elk are not welcome. Uh, one place is the Willamette Valley, uh-huh. and uh, they just get into trouble there. And so uh, uh, part of the part of the reduction in the numbers comes from trying to keep elk out of certain areas. And when you say that they cause like trouble out there, do you just mean there's so much like private property that it's difficult? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Eating crops, tearing down fences. You know, a lot of most of it's agricultural damage. They are a large animal and they can be pretty destructive at times. Um, the uh, male that you can see out there right now, he's probably seven, 800 pounds. Yeah. The females are between five and 600 pounds, maybe up to 750 on a really large one. So uh, they're big animals. The state tends to manage elk populations by issuing hunting tags or by moving elk to places where there's room for them. Uh, Swearingen said some go as far as Alaska. I was really curious about how continuing environmental changes and constant movement of elk from place to place would affect the species into the future. 
but apparently it's really hard to tell at the moment. If you uh, uh, look at some of the climate, short-term climate changes that we've had, especially over the last 10 years, it was really, really dry this year. Whether that's gonna have effect on uh, the long-term of elk populations, it'll be hard to say. Uh, Roosevelt elk are pretty adaptable right now as long as they have enough green feed to eat. For now, at least, elk are a big part of Oregon's geography, and clearly people are interested in just being near them. Uh, did you talk to anybody else out at the refuge? Yeah, um, I met this couple named Rick and Lillian Cochran, who were living on the refuge for a few months as volunteer hosts. They summed up pretty well what I personally thought made the area worth visiting. Well, I mean, it's really fantastic to see all these uh, big bulls walking yeah. around, and, and you can get within just a few yards of them sometimes and uh yeah it's kind of neat to listen to them bugle back and forth it's kind of neat to watch them out there and they'll spar off with each other the bulls Seriously. you can hear them uh when they take butt heads you can hear them uh horns clack together um and the bugling and watching them just run around out in the fields just fantastic. What keeps you coming back? Like, why do you keep wanting to come out here? The elk, where you get to live, the quiet. The <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing else out there that compares to being able to live here for a while. All right. Well, you can learn more about Jewel Meadows and how to visit at myodfw.com. All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.